Hey guys, really excited to bring you this latest Tom Talk. This is actually a real dream come true for me. and I'm sure you'll be able to see me trying to contain my happiness and excitement. I've always been a huge, huge fan of DJ Premier from the legendary Gangstar, and he was kind enough to join me for this one. Uh, I mean, I took like, I had all notes of questions, everything I wanted to ask. It was a total nerd out fest for me, and I loved it. And I, I thank him for doing it. I hope you enjoy my talk with the legendary DJ Premier. This is big time. Who is Randy? Don't bring anyone loving to this. Your mom in the fucking stand. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Primo, thank you so much. This is a huge honor. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. Let's begin, I guess, with just saying uh, thank you and welcome. And where are you right now? Are you in New York right now? Yeah, I'm in my in my studio, my recording studio here in New York. Uh, is the uh, governor going to shut that down or are you allowed to uh, leave if you want? I mean, the, even when the, the day that it hit and everything was shut down, we were just sneaking in our lab and, and, just, yeah. and just working. And, you know, when you're in the lab cooking music and stuff, you're, you're pretty much here almost 24 hours a day. Yeah, I bet. Uh, just not moving around. And uh, thank goodness we have a restaurant that's upstairs. Nice. An Italian restaurant. And yeah. and they, they they were making this food every day. So, you know, th- it was beautiful. So you're still grinding out there. all Like you're just in the, in the studio making music all the time. All the time. And yeah. through, throughout quarantine. Because when I, we were mm-hmm. texting, you said you were working on multiple albums and stuff. You're really, you're yeah. on it, man. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's an addiction. You know, everybody got some people use drugs, pills, yeah. coke. Yeah, I use music as my addiction. It's like if I'm not in the studio making something, it feels weird to be home. Yeah, that, see, that was one of the the worst parts of this whole year as a comedian was that's you know that's my addiction, right? And there yeah. was, there's been this long period where they're like, well, you just can't do it. Like yeah, the drive-through thing y'all did was dope. The drive, yeah, thanks. The drive-through was fun, but that's pretty like it's really a thing to put one of those together. You know, we're so used to uh, I bet. take, we take it for granted, but like you could just go to a club, get on stage and you're doing it, you know? So yeah. that shit. Has but it, been... was, it, it was a good alternative though. And, and, and the, in the circumstance, that's the problem with most people. They don't know how to find a way. And it's like, there's always a way to find a way. Yes. You're right about that. There's always a way. And now I'm doing like, I don't know. I'm traveling to the places that allow it, you know? So I did, I yeah. did Huntsville, Alabama last week just to, do wow. six shows. I mean, just to, to get on stage, man. But there's so much I want to ask you. And I'm, I apologize in advance. If you're like, man, I've heard that question a million times. I just got to hear it myself. So I apologize. Yeah, but it's, it's coming from you. So uh, the fact that I'm a fan of your comedy and, and, and your, your podcast and everything, your wife is funny. Christina, shout to her. Your mom is hilarious. Thanks. When y'all speak Spanish. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I didn't even know you spoke Spanish. I didn't even know your mother was Latina. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, like even on a on a uh, on a ball, <laughs> you talked about how your mom is festive for Christmas, and you asking about all her pets dying and how she 
you know, what are you going to do when they die? She's like, I hope we all die at the same time. Pops <laughs> love watching black people on the carnival boat. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, those are all, those are all truth stories. And, uh, yeah, she's a wild one, man. My mom is, is yeah. something else. She is something else. Yeah. I want to ask about it's, for a second, because, you know, for me, um, whatever circumstance and however it happened, I just, I fell in love with hip hop at a young age, you know, and it was, I remember um, the late eighties, early nineties being, you know, I was born in 79. So that's kind of a pivotal time when you start identifying with a music, you know, like you're, you're, right, you're right. you know, nine, 10, 11. It's like, that's when you get some money to go buy a tape or whatever you like. And, yeah. and hip hop really was something that, you know, I, I just I just took to and it's been a love ever since and I'm 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 completely you know you go through my phone and if you go through my old CD binders and stuff it's all hip hop you know um yeah. but what what's funny to me was like one of the things is I've always at that age at least associated you and Gangstar with New York right like that's right. that's a I think most people that listen and, and maybe don't know yet they're like oh that's a, that's a, those guys are new york guys new york sound but mm -hmm. i find it you know interesting that your origins are texas and i just yeah. wanted to know like do you feel like texas had an influence on you and as an artist oh it, in a major way because i always say that even with hip-hop like how i'm 54 and still bang out the boom bap style mm -hmm. you know what they call it is uh shout to Karis one um that style i don't never want to abandon because it's reminiscent of how it sounded when i was being raised on it you know in my era i'm i'm uh one of my uh uh, th uh 13 years older than you mm -hmm. uh because i was born in 66 you're 79 right that's right yeah yeah. So <clears throat> with that said, I got to see it develop from the very beginning, even though it was in New York, because my grandfather lived in New York and my mother was from Baltimore. So every summer we would always stay at my my mom's house to visit her, her family. We would drive to North Carolina and South Carolina to see my dad's family in, in, in uh, Raleigh and some to South Carolina. And then we go to New York as this final stop every summer. So for me as a kid, it was like, wow, man, they're stealing bikes. They're stealing the tires from the bikes. Yeah. This, this, I want to I steal a bike, you know, like yeah. the, the, as a kid, it's, it's like fun shit. Sure. So yeah. to be used to it all the way up until my teens, once you get to your teenage years, you're like, well, I don't really want to go with my parents anymore. I just want to hang with my grandfather because he was a baseball fanatic, loved the Yankees. And I used to go see the Yankees with him. He's taking, I'm into sports as well. So um, we always just caught games and, you know, again, I'm the only, only boy in my family. I have all sisters, which we're extremely tight, but, and they're also sports buffs know this shit. My mother know, knew her shit. God bless her. I buried her in June, but, uh, but, but she, uh, everybody plays, played sports and no sports. So with that, <clears throat> as, as I got around 13, I was like, can I go to New York without y'all? And, you know, because it's always where I got to be chaperoned by y'all. And now I'm at an age where I want to kind of, you know, move around on my own. And I had made so many friends from coming every summer. And some of my friends there, their relatives lived in the same block as us in Texas, coincidentally. So oh, wow. that was even, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Scott Wood. Um, 
and the whole Wood family that they they would come visit us. So now when I go to New York, I'm hanging with him, and he lived on on the west side of, of the city, and he would show me around. Could now I can hang with friends and go get get into a little mischief here and there. So by the time the hip hop uh, bug got to me, I was like, I only have about a year. I had 18 credits left in college, and I said, you know what? I don't want to graduate and then see if I can get a record deal and then come back. And, and if I don't get it, I, I now I got to look for a job, but I let a good year pass by where I graduated with no job or any plan. I didn't have a plan going to New York either. I just knew that my gut kept saying, go now and see if you can get a deal. And if you can't, you come back and finish school, but you came back to that because a lot of people that are from my town, which is called Prairie View, it's right outside of Houston. Right. Um, uh, it's like 45 minutes, but the thing is, you used to hear the rumblings of people that graduated and moved on and moved to a different city or whatever to get that thing going, and they didn't make it, make it, and they came back and just worked at the, at the college that we that I went to, yeah. where my father worked, and you always hear the rumblings like, ah, they didn't make it in what they did, and that doesn't mean that that's a bad thing, but I didn't want that rumbling about me, so I right. said, if I don't make it, let me at least know that if I don't make it, I'm going straight back to school. So I was like, oh, well, I don't know if he graduated or not, but yeah. he's, he's in school. Yeah. So I said, let's go now. My father was like, you have no plan. What are you going to do? I said, trust me. My gut says it's time to go. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to make it. And, and I believe that. And that that's amazing in and of itself. When you went, when you made that decision, like how confident were you in your skill set? Because you're you're pretty young, right? I mean, you're 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 in yeah. you're in college, and also mm-hmm. the art form, it, like you're part of it developing. You know, like that's still yeah. early on, right? That's early eighties. Uh, uh, yeah, um, 80, 87 was when I went went to shop my demo. Didn't get it. All of them got returned. Eighty eight is when uh, Guru heard my demo, and, and that's how I got into Gangstar. And then, okay, so he heard, he heard your demo, and then yeah. And then was it an immediate thing? I was in a different group. We were originally called MCs in Control. Shout to Top Ski, shout to Sugar Pop, and shout to Styly T. That was the crew. And uh, we're still all friends to this day and everything. We still check on each other, make sure everybody's all right. But at the time, we all went to school together. I was one of the DJs there. I got to shout out RP Cola, like the soda, uh-huh. RC Cola. Yeah. He, but, but his name is Randy Pettis. Not was, is Randy Pettis. Excuse, excuse me. So, uh, Randy was our RP Cola. He could scratch and cut his ass off. And I didn't have a mixer with a crossfade. I had the knobs, which was the early stage of cutting and scratching anyway yeah. with, with mixers. So uh, I used to ask him what he, he's, he was like my competition with uh, another uh, crew. And I got to shout them out too. One of them passed away. Uh, Daryl Tapscott, Tony Tapscott and Chris Garrett. They were uh, me and Chris went to school at the high school together and Tony and Daryl, actually, but they, they were older. Chris was in my class, but uh, we were the rivals in my town on every party, every gig. It's, it's like, who's getting the gig, me or, or them? And I also got to shout out Theodore Archer, who was my partner, who also passed away. Uh, um, and uh, so when it came down to that, and RP would kind of freelance and just either DJ with me or DJ with Chris. And I was like, man, I got to get that guy to show me how to do all the, the cutting and everything. He was always cutting up Houdini, uh, five minutes of funk. And, and he had the felt pads. And I was like, man, somebody in Texas knows how to cut like that. Cause I've never seen a DJ do all that. I knew how to blend. 
Uh-huh. I was real quick with, with blending and quick mixing. I didn't know how to scratch and cut yet. How so? How long? Like, because when you see that, like when you see people who are skilled do it, and you know you're seeing that guy do it. How how much of a um, of like of a learning process is it? I mean, you obviously already like are inclined. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you're 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 doing you're blending and you're you're doing everything with records. But like when you're learning how to scratch, was it immediate? Or did you like once very, just- very yeah very immediate just out of excitement like, yeah wow because watching him i can you know i'm very good at just taking it all in yeah now i'm better at a crash course like i can study for a test and not have studied it all yeah go through it that night and literally pass the whole thing right i haven't i haven't memorized by the way know, i want to so. just point out something that you because you've been you know you shouted out a bunch of people i noticed something mm-hmm. about like your instagram because I've, I've followed you on Instagram for a long time before we even like uh, were messaging back and forth. Um, right. And that is that you really, man, like <laughs> it's definitely, a, it's part of who you are. You always acknowledge people. Like you're always, you're always remembering, like shouting out anniversaries of records, singles, albums. Yeah. You're always honoring people's birthdays and, and acknowledging people who have passed away. And yeah. like, it's, um, it's funny that it's it's kind of like it strikes you as you're like oh, I don't even know anybody who does this. You're the only guy I know. Right. So, There's other ones in our from our cloth, um, and there's certain ones I'll see and go, oh damn, that's right. Today is their birthday, and I'll forget. And these are all from your and memory. And no, 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 no. Well, a lot of them I put in my calendar. Oh, okay. I was like, Jesus, man. <laughs> now I put it in my calendar on my phone, and it'll alert me that that's that day. But it's a really you know? like it's a really like nice kind hearted thing it's how it strikes me like yeah, yeah you're you're always you know and i think i mean part of you know someone's a uh, uh probably perspective of like a superstar hip-hop producer is not that like he would spend the time to post about all these people and it's like it's right. kind of refreshing man Oh, damn, that's dope. Yeah, I'm grateful on a different level because New York accepted me when it was not easy to get in. You know, I, I, Willie D and Scarface always talk about their, their trek to New York when they got booed by the whole I remember town. that. They said yeah, and, they did a show and they and it took... Uh, it took it's a new the, music seminar. Yeah, and yeah, they said the boo, they got booed the hell off and then it took uh, mine... mine Mine tricks on me. To I'm playing back. tricks. Yep. Yep. To like to everybody to you know. Yeah, I, I saw them. I saw them open up for Ice Cube was headlining the Apollo, which is not easy to do. And but you know, America Most Wanted was popping, and Cool G Rap and Polo opened up, and and, and uh, Ghetto Boys opened up first, and uh, the Apollo does an early show at seven and another one at eleven. The sevens for the kids and mom and mom and daddy yeah. and all that. Once they leave. The thugs, the wild, yeah. the, the the scariest amount of people fill up the Apollo, and you can feel the energy. You better be on point. But they're there for the music, and I'm telling you, that eleven o'clock show is no joke. And the crazy thing is, the seven o'clock show was dope. And to see everybody singing along with the Ghetto Boys made me feel so good. They were the dressing room I chilled in, uh, even though Ice Cube and I have been friends for years. They were the ones I chilled with. Um, backstage because we, we were homies, yeah. And actually, my MC Top Ski used to beatbox for Willie D in battles at this club called the Rhinestone Wrangler, which was our our, our hip hop club back in the eighties. You know, yeah. so so uh, shout out to all them recipes to Bill Bushwick Bill, and and again, a lot of these people I say rest in peace to were people we were running 
run in contact with and all were from the same 90s era predominantly. So all of us saw each other in the same clubs everywhere on every week. Was it, by the way, because you know there was like, obviously there's that point where um, shit got wild for a minute where it was, everything was like East Coast, West Coast, and you, you know, there was real violence happening and people calling Mm -hmm. each other out. Like in that era, did you run into problems like was that something that you know walking into a club you'd see people that are you know whatever other coast or was it something that it, it hit you like were people nah, were- because because we were cool with both sides and uh and honestly that that really truly was a media thing like like really? the, the the violence and everything that went down with the whole east west thing had nothing to do with the music that had to do with individuals having issues with individuals. So, but even though they, the music is going to be blended into the, 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 you know, the, it wasn't clickbait then, but it's definitely going to be the headline of the paper uh, before digital age. But that we were, that's what it is. If you're cool with the East and on the West with everybody, even there drama with another artist, we were still, you know, given full passes and, and love and respect. There was never no, well, you're from that side too. So it, it counts when you come to our town, you know, I check, you know, how they say check in and all that. Some yeah. artists have to check in. I check in is different because uh, again, we have a relationship where it's just checking on, on guys. You know, I can call Dre, Hey man, I'm coming to town. And he's, you know, and he's like, come on through man. I'm in the lab. And, you know, I, I can call, I can call Dub C. I can call Q, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And even, even cube security, you know, I can say, yo, I'm in town and, and, and they're dead thorough dudes. Yeah. And I can, and, and they're going to be like, yeah, come on down. I got you. Well, so, yeah, you're but, fucking you know. royalty, man. Like who's going to be like, no, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> so yeah, well, we've had our squabs and, and our deaths and everything as well. Of course. Just, Have you, you ever know, had we, studio sessions? Like in all your years of doing this, that you're like, oh my, like, cause you know, there's all, there's famous stories. And um, I mean, I even I remember listening to an interview with Dre one time where he was like, man, dude's coming in talking about how many people they shot and shit. And like, get the fuck out of here, which I'm, I can feel how that could fuck with your energy. If you're trying to, like, be creative, right. someone's like, you know, I shot someone. And you're like, God damn, man. <laughs> like, so honestly, yeah, yeah go, go ahead. No, no, just I just <clears throat> wonder if like if that aggression is around you or or, or I don't know, things can, you know, uh, there was a story uh, Rakim told about that he would keep Rottweilers in the cage in the studio. And if somebody got out of pocket, he'd open the cage. I was like, that seems like a, <laughs> like an intense working environment. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like that. You like that? Yeah, we, 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 we've definitely had, had uh, a studio fights and all you hear is ba-doom, 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 and, yeah. all, and all the rumbling, what the fuck's going on in there? Yeah. Obviously, we were not 20s then. So, sure. But you know, we've, we've, had, we've had the typical fights. Um, we used to be on blocks where it's just drug central heroin, heroin blocks and stuff like that. Just, just really crazy shit. And you are certain artists, uh, would actually be like, I don't want to come to your studio cause I'm, I'm not comfortable because of where you're located. You know? Oh really? And I'm like, like for Jan hip hop and you're, you're doing street music. Yeah. What afraid of? What are you afraid of? But you've had bring people- your goons, bring-, <laughs> yeah. bring your goons because goons respect other goons when, there's a certain line of, of of energy that they that that we bring on both sides. That, yeah. that it, it turns out being we roll dice, we play pool. Yeah. You know, and, and talk and just talk shit, barbershop talk. Yeah. You know, and and talk and guess who's coming home from jail? Guess who's locked up? And guess who just got t- ten years? 
it becomes normal in our culture because yeah. it just is. Yeah. So it, it doesn't even phase you. Uh, when people were scared of neighborhoods, was this like in the 80s and 90s or even now you're saying? This is like 92, 93, uh, 91. Yeah, a lot of major artists that I... What part of town would they be scared of? Like Uptown? In, in uh, Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen, uh, okay. Yeah, so which uh, everybody doesn't want to go to hell. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Even though we do devilish things. Yeah. But. <laughs> uh, so do you remember when, when Dwick came out um, is that when you felt, is that the first time you're like, where you're like, oh, we're, we are part of, you know, a big thing happening. Like, is that, is that the song that makes you feel like, you know, it's one thing to get, you know, signed or whatever. And, and mm -hmm. we're making music, but like when you, when you realize that this is playing on everyone's radio and probably yeah. coming out of bars and clubs and everything, <laughs> is, is that the one that makes you go like, no, this is like, this is a, now you can tell your dad. This is a career. Like this is, I made it. Is that the one or no? Um, before Dwicket, I would have to say uh, just to get a rep. Oh, just to get a rep. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, that did real. That was in ninety. It, the, it, the single video came out ninety because the uh, the twelve inch has nineteen ninety. The album came out ninety one, but uh, just to get a rep did a lot of justice to all the sound systems because you know I, I, we're from the car stereo era, yeah. where you had that woman system. So we made it for the cars. We didn't even make it for, for you know, obviously we weren't at the level of computers and, and yeah. earbuds. It's car system. So I still have that same mind state when I make my music. It has to be for a car or that's, a big, big, big radio. That's the that's my favorite place to listen to music, especially hip hop, is like to get to yeah. get something, especially like the kind of music you make, to put it on in the car, blast it, and you know, it's head it's head Thanks. bobbing driving music yeah. you know like that's and the best that's, that's 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 the that's always the the uh the mo and uh dwick at, was 92 right so that was daily operation take it personal was the single dwick was the unreleased b-side but being that it took off we wanted to add it to daily operation because that that was the, the era of cassette singles uh-huh and 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 uh they called them cassettes singles and uh a lot of people were buying our album and complaining, going, "Yo, Dwick's not on here, and I bought your album." Yeah. And uh, but but the cassette singles sold like, like hotcakes, and then we were supposed to stripe it onto the album, and then at the last minute, the the, the label said we're just going to move forward and not stripe it onto the album. But I'm like, "Yeah, you're going to lose sales because everybody's looking for Dwick." Right. So a lot of people wondered why it was on Hard to Earn, which came out in '93, '94, <clears throat> because we wanted to be on one of our albums. So it was mm -hmm. like. The next one following, we at that time we were doing an album every year, so we put That's it on wild. there. All those songs, uh, those all of them still slap, man. Like just to get a rep, like you could, if I didn't know, if it wasn't like from reference, that I, right. you know, I would be like, yeah, that that's a new hot song. That shit still hits hard, man. Um, yeah, shout to Greg, it's Greg, nice and smooth B, smooth B. What's up, man? Rest uh, in peace to Smooth's wife, man. She just passed. Oh, uh, man. Keisha, man, great, great, great woman, man. So love, love to her as well. Um, I got to ask you this. So I know you've been asked this before, but I need to ask you this. So when anybody looks at Illmatic <clears throat> and you look at the team that that came together to produce it, it's bananas, right? Like you go, yeah. and, and I heard all this, I always heard stories about people seeing Nas perform you know, because you're, I mean, you know, guys like you, your producer, 
and DJ, obviously, you you know, your ears are open to talented MCs, but like, do you recall seeing him for the first time and just being like, what yeah. the fuck? You know, well, I, at that time when I was uh, like 90, Lars Professor was the one that I used to hang with a lot and go over to when they were uh, the two DJs from uh, <clears throat> from uh, the main source, their mother ran the label. So we used to go to their place all the time and hang. And Lars Professor showed me so many techniques on, on programming beats. And then when they were working on the last few songs, he's like, yo, I'm going to do a posse cut because that was the new thing after Molly Ball did the symphony. All of a sudden, everybody's getting two or three guys to do a, a cut together, you know, on their album. And I feel like Molly's really set that off on, on that scale uh, when he did the symphony. But uh um, he said, yo, I'm going to put these new guys on from Queens. And he said, I got this guy named Akinelli. He said, uh, my man, Joe Fatal, who everybody knows Joe Fatal, you know, in that circle. And then he goes, and he said, this dude called the rapper Nas. Because a lot of times back then, Queensbridge artists would put the rapper in front of their name, just like Noid is the rapper Noid from, from Mob Deep's crew. Okay. And he was the, he was the rapper Nas. So um, <clears throat> he, the day they cut the record, he said, yo, I want you to hear this and see what you think. And he played me live from the barbecue. So I heard it before I was even on the album. You did. Straight out the lab. Yeah, straight from the lab. And when I heard that, I was like, yo, that dude's going to hit. And even Akinelli, I said, he's going to blow as well. Because Akinelli had a dope style. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And next thing you knew, everybody was talking about Nas. Everybody. Everybody. And then. Everybody. Not, uh, 96, Reasonable Doubt. You, that Like, how long did you know Jay-Z before like you know him like years before that yeah i knew jay probably around 88 oh that yeah. far that far in advance mm -hmm. and walking had you seen the mars club had you walking the club mars with the big chain and everything yeah, yeah. had you heard him because everybody talks about how you know the the no pen to paper thing how he can just mm -hmm. riff off the top of his head did you yeah. see that early on and go like this this is like a gifted dude yeah, well, I saw Biggie do it first. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, Biggie, Biggie, same thing. Uh, they just sit there. Biggie just sit there. And I don't want to say waste hours because whatever it is, the energy is what you're supposed to respect for the artists as long as they deliver good, good, good shit. And he would just sit there drinking Bacardi Limon and Moet and and Hennessy and and uh, it would just be blunt after blunt after blunt and girls coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in, coming in. And he and he's always offering you a a little bit of that, like, oh, you you want to get with her? It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and her and her, yeah. yeah that then. sounds like an artist I'd like to meet. That's just, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Biggie. <laughs> yeah, and then from there, I'm like, Big, it's getting you know, the session ends in about another two hours. He's like, oh, I'm ready. You're like, huh? He's like, yeah, I'm ready, and just goes in the booth and does it. You're like, damn, all this time we've been sitting around here, even though there was things to occupy the time right man that's see that's unbelievable well like like that song <laughs> there you go. uh there so you go. <laughs> so that's that's like um, unbelievable comes together like uh you know end of a session kind of thing like you're like you're saying like you've been in there for hours and he's like oh yeah i'll just go throw it on yeah real quick. And, and, and the album was already done because uh it, it was the updated version of the album because um uh, Puffy had done a promo when we were at one of the seminars called the Big Mac because Craig Mac and Biggie is who he signed. So it was like in a Big Mac little container with the burger mm -hmm. and the bun and and the little 
green paper to look like letters and it was a cassette so that's why it's called the big mac and you know so and you open it looks like a big mac but there was a cassette in the instead of the meat it was, the cassette was in the bun and it was just snippets of biggie and craig's album but biggie had already given the full versions to all his homies in the hood but back then in the 90s we always wanted our, our team to have a copy so that they could memorize and sing it along with us whenever we out in the street to yeah. show that our shit is hot too that was the thing oh really um, so you're actually saying yeah. like memorize this so that it's yeah. like it almost creates like street marketing in a way right you'll know the words yeah. wow mm -hmm. and so puff was like yo you can't be giving it out to everybody is now they're gonna it's gonna be a leak dude that was when the leakage thing started to even be yeah. a thing and uh big's like but these are my these are my friends and we were the same way i wanted if it's 30 of us all 30 i want them to know it at least Two months in advance you know what i'm saying but now you're like no nah, i can't give it out until because now even your your own crew will be like yo i got the i got the album already and and people are gonna be like word you got it you got oh, it let me get it or oh, let me at least hear it you know don't tell nobody but yeah so it's like a thing hip-hop still has that much of a of a uh a, an anticipation and want your sex life is important, but your schedule is busy. You don't have the time to go to a doctor's office to get treated for your erectile dysfunction. Through Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. Hims is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment, options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor's visits. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash YMH. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash YMH for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash YMH. Hardmints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Order your alcohol with DoorDash today and drink in the savings. Use code YMH24 to get 25% off, up to $15 value on a $35 minimum subtotal on your next alcohol order for eligible users only. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. With thousands of stores all over the country, you're sure to find what you're looking for and more. Beer, wine, mixers, mocktails, and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25% off, up to $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code YMH24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Terms apply. Must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Did you, um, so I, cause I, you know, I'm thinking about like your whole, your catalog. It's so insane. Um, what, like, I imagine that 92, 93 come along. I mean, you're obviously now associated with the biggest acts. What, how, how are people, I, I just think that you'd be, be getting hit up left and right. People asking you for beats, right? Every MC be like, Primo, let me get, let me get something. Like, are you just 
how how did you even filter people out? Like there's just there's too mm, many people coming at you. <laughs> it it varies <clears throat> from so many so many ways because you'll even have artists that go, man, you work with that person, they're not big and 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 a large artist, and you know I have more stature or whatever. Why would you work with me? It just varies, man. Part of it's just my DJ. I, I have what you call a DJ mentality, mm-hmm. and and you know so. Um, it could be based on your voice because that's what attracted me to Guru was his voice. I never heard a voice like that. So I'm really into voices. You know, certain people can rap their ass off and their vo- vocal style just doesn't grab me. Yeah. And and, and they, they can be nice and not like like their music to a degree. Their voice may not make me want to do a joint for them. You know, so. Do you it, make it, do, you, it, do you make beats with artists in mind or is it always just you do? Oh, so you yeah, do only only. only yeah. Only. And. When it's time to do it, like I don't be like, oh, here I got twenty beats to play. You pick one that you think fits. No, I'm making it for you while you waiting, and then it's ready to go. That's why I think they match better because, if, especially if I'm a big fan, it's like, oh, I already know what you need. So when and it was like, if we go to, it's unbelievable. Like with Big, you had that track laid no. out. No, no, no. He called me. The album was done, and he called and said, I need one more for the streets. And I'm like, dude, I don't even have time to go in. He's like, come on, Prima, because we were friends uh, almost a year prior because I lived at Branford Marcellus' house, the jazz the jazz musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I lived at Brand. Me and Guru lived at Branford Marcellus' house because he became the uh, music director for The Tonight Show when Jay Leno had just taken over for Johnny Carson. So he was the music director, so he was moving to L.A. His brownstone that he had in, in Brooklyn, he's like, yo, if y'all are looking for a place to live, y'all can take my place and just pay me the rent. I'm going to sell it eventually, but while until I sell it, just pay me the rent and y'all can stay there. We're like, cool, because we met through Spike Lee from doing uh, jazz music for his Mo Better Blues soundtrack. And that's how we got cool with Branford. Branford, um, I mean, so we were on Washington Avenue between Lafayette and Green. Big and them hang on Washington Avenue in Fulton on that corner, everything. And you see in the videos from the old videos mm-hmm. on the corner, and they don't the pull-ups and everything. That's the, that's the block that they hang on the reg. And Big is always there, every, especially on the weekends. So every Friday, Saturday, me, you know, J-Root, Dab, Melika, Suge, we'd always go down to the end of the block and just drink 40s and get drunk with Big and Junior Mafia and, and smoke and smoke all the trees that we can smoke oh my God. and just talk about music and whatnot. And he hadn't, didn't even have a deal back then. You know, Puff would pull up in the, in the Lincoln town car. Puff was always advanced on the, the, the new way of, of fly when it came to, you know, we, we were thinking limousines was still the move. It just, he's, he's already, up yeah. Lincoln yeah. town car. He said, yeah, this is the new way to get around. You know, the, it's inconspicuous. It's, you know, you just pull up, you get out, you have a driver. I was like, wow. And we stand that that became the new standard. And later on, it became the SUV, the black SUVs. Yeah. And that's still a standard. It's so know, funny. But, you said you guys were drinking and then just smoking all the trees and just shooting the shit. And then we would all be like, oh, that's what we should be doing. So then my friends would be like, <laughs> let's go buy 40s and roll some blunts and listen to these guys talk about doing it. <laughs> yeah. But, but when Big uh, said he needed a track, he goes, yo, j- just anything. I, 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 I know you could pull one off. So that's why it's just, doo, 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 doo. it's just little stuff. We call them stabs when they're just those short notes. Uh-huh. And that's DJ and producer talk. So he's like, yo, it could be that simple. I started doing that. And he goes, that's dope. Do different versions of that. So like even on the, the hook, uh-huh. it's in a different pattern. 
And then when he's rhyming, sometimes it goes dun 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 yeah. dun dun. Biggie Smalls is bum, 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 bum. Yeah, yeah, so dun, dun, dun. and he, he, dun, he dun, was dun. like, "That's it." Yeah, Man. he was like, "That's it." And he gave he gave me the R. Kelly idea to. Uh, I got gnats in here in the, in the winter. Um, uh, he um, is the one to say, "Yo, scratch, uh, unbelievable from um, your body's calling," because that was one of our favorite R. Kelly songs. Oh yeah, at that time. And uh, and I said it might be out of key, but let me let me do it tomorrow. Cause I have the, at that time you couldn't use Serato and pull an MP3. Sure. I had to go find. You gotta find go the get the record. Vinyl. Yeah, yeah. And I did it, and it just sounded so in sync. And I and I mixed the record the same day, and maybe like even three days later, I remember we're driving back to Brooklyn, and Hot 97, which is the big station in New York. Yeah, um, Flex is playing it, but. I know Biggie always gives his friends the, the shit in advance. I'm hearing it blasting in this other guy's car, and we're, we're trying to pull up to him to see who it is because we think maybe it's one of Biggie's peoples, and and be like, "Oh, yo, what's up? It's somebody we don't know." And I'm like, "Yo, how'd you get that?" Because it's only three days later. Yeah, you know, it's not even not album not out yet. He's like, "Who the and fuck goes, are you, yo. man?" <laughs> he said, "Yo, this is on Hot 97 right now." I pull my radio on. I go, oh, shit. You know, of course, oh, Premier, what's up, Gangstar? Whatever. But and we got that all the time back then and still do. Uh, but but that was like, wow, it's already moving. And the next thing you knew, that, that, that I remember Puff said, we're going to make that the B-side of, um, of, uh, of Juicy. So we got the streets and we got the radio. And then that, that was the first gold single I ever got in my career. Really? That was the first yep. one? On the wall. Man. I got to ask this, I because I heard this, and I was like, this is just bonkers to me. How the fuck does cannabis pass on the devil's pie beat? Who knows? Uh, he, and he hates not talking about it, but it's all good. I mean, he, he's still my homie, but, I mean, it was simple. You, you don't like it, and um, I'm one of the few to give the check back. You get you get half up front. When you do the job, turn it in, you get the other half. <clears throat> um, I, I gave it back, like, the next day or a day after once the offices opened and gave it back out of respect for him because I don't want to take your first half of your budget. You can use it or keep it for your pockets. But since it didn't click, it just happened to that D'Angelo called right when cannabis is leaving the lab. And right when he's leaving, he's like, yo, what you come in? D'Angelo had a friendship already. So when he said, what are you up to? I said, man, I'm just leaving. Um, I, me and cannabis worked on something, but uh, he didn't use the beat. And he said, what are you doing with it? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, we just did it. He goes, can I hear it? And I'm like, well, it's not really for a singer to sing on. He goes, come bring it. I'm at Electric Lady at Jimi Hendrix studio. <clears throat> Wait, so he, at, at this point, he hasn't even heard it like over the phone. He's just like, just bring no, it? No, no. Yeah, okay. just bring it. Brought it because I had just cooked it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So because we call him Biss. Biss said I need a driving mean baseline record. I'm going to do this song called Nigonometry. But I mean, that's what that beat is. Yeah. It's called Nigonometry. And, uh, and uh, he said, I'm going to do that. And uh, that's what, what I cooked up. And uh, he, we just didn't see eye to eye on, on wow. that being the right track. So when I got to D'Angelo's and played it for him, he just started going, whoa, oh, I'm going to fucking kill this. And I'm like, you sure? And he's like, yeah. And next thing, and, uh, I don't know if people have seen the picture of me, D'Angelo, Alchemist, and Jay Dilla together because Jay Dilla was there recording some drums and Quest Love was there recording some stuff actually for the How Does It Feel record game. I remember D 
D'Angelo's trainer was there. He had just walked in and said, yo, you ready to work out? And he was like, yeah, uh, g- give me a couple hours because, and then D'Angelo goes, yo, my first video, I'm going to be naked in it. And it's going to be, <laughs> you know, I, and I'm just going to be standing there naked. I was like, word? He's like, yeah. And then when that video dropped, man. I mean, yeah, I remember that. I mean, that was, that was, that was a while. Like that was such a crazy choice. You know what I mean? Like to make, yeah. it was a statement thing where people were like, this dude's naked, but naked singing. Yeah. yeah. And he, and even men that were like, oh man, want to watch that. They're watching it. They're like, they're watching it. They're like, you know, what? <laughs> you're, watch- you're watching it. <laughs> look, look at this guy. This dude hired a trainer for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yo, but it's funny yeah. because his reaction is how I, like I reacted to hearing that. Like that's, that's a, because I, I actually, you know, really like beats even more. Like I'll listen, I'll, I'll just listen to instrumentals because I, mm. I just enjoy them. I mean, I like listening to the yeah. finished record too, but I, but that thing, it, it yeah. just, it hits so hard that when I first, when I heard that Biss passed on it, I was like, that doesn't even add up in my head. It's, it's such a grimy, just punch you in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like head bob. It's just, it's a wild thing. Um, yeah. And, 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 and honestly, that's how a lot of us are, you know, that we have a big circle of producers that all respect the, the game a different way. Uh, you know, I could always talk to showbiz and alchemists and just, you know, from knots to, um, you know, just blaze to Mr. Walton, evil D to, uh, man, just so many to Molly mall. And, and, uh, we like the beat first because the yeah. beat is ill. The beat is ill. You got to spit some shit. Yeah. So it's about the beat. And, you know, for us, you know, especially yeah. DJs. Yeah. I mean, I, then, I imagine. I mean, yeah. I mean, I yeah. and I'll, I'll listen to just instrumentals all the time because I, I love I love the beat. You know, that's yeah. I think yeah. that's what hooked me to to this music or the beats. Mm. I, I appreciate the fact that you've uh, been been into what we've been doing. It lets me know that certified in so many different you know areas of the world oh my god man i mean it's it's just well I, by the way because you mentioned dilla i remembered that i watched a interview one time it was it was after he passed and his mom was doing the interview and mm, shout to my dukes shout out to her she she said i just it was so funny the way she said it that that uh people would come up like, hit up dilla and be like hey man let me get um let me get a let me get that beat like they'd hear it and that he would be mm-hmm. like, that's not for you. That's way too advanced for you. But she would say it. She said that she, she was like, nah, nah, nah. You're not appropriate for this right here. Right, right, right. <laughs> Which I just love. I love like that Nowadays, we feel like that with so many artists. You know, it's like, uh, I'm glad our era still uh, exists. And the age thing is, is actually not even a factor anymore because you know everybody's like oh when i'm 40 i'm retiring shoot most of the 40 and over are doing the best shit in in comedy too by the way and a hundred percent not even close i mean yeah i would say the best comedians are basically 50 or older it's it's mm. uh you know that's that's when they're the best artists i don't know man i mean it makes yeah yeah, yeah. do you ever makes feel do you i mean like i know this sounds ridiculous asking you this but di- did you ever have or do you ever have moments feeling like I need to, you know, this, this, there's whatever the sound of today is. I need to morph or change what I'm doing. Like, what does that ever enter your mind? Or do you just never. go like I stick, I stick to what I, what I, I want to make. I, yeah. And never, never. I, I can do that. I think it's actually easy and it's not a diss. Yes. It's just 
very simple for me to do. It's very reminiscent of the earlier drum machines that that we were raised on. Shout to uh, a Manny Fresh. I remember when he said a lot of his style and sound comes from like a Mantronics and, and artists like that, that that drum machine style. And I love the fact that he paid homage to an artist like Mantronics, who's one of my favorite producers ever in, in hip hop. And, uh, and I'm a huge fan. And so for him to recognize that and still be heralded as one of the best producers, because Manny Fresh is one of the best ever as well. Manny Fresh is um, Yeah, man, just what he did for the whole cash money. for you. And, and to have such a variety of beats for Wayne and Turk and and, and uh, Juvie and, and anybody mm-hmm. else that yeah. came through that stable. Yeah, yeah, with, with the big Thomas, with, yeah. with, with Baby, everything, you know. So um, that's that's what it reminds me of. And again, if you're revisiting that style, that, that's cool. I choose, and and the young generation should have their lane to enjoy what they like. Just like how our parents are like, oh, that rap ain't, ain't 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 music. You need to listen to Marvin Gaye, but it's like we are listening to Marvin Gaye because we love that too. Yeah, but this rap this rap shit is dope too. You know, for sure. Now I know you have probably a million stories about like Guru, but do you ever remember, for instance, like I w- I was thinking about like the first time I heard Mass Appeal, and then mm. I always wanted to know what those moments were like, you must've had a thrill to have beats and then play them for him and see his face. Right. Like that had oh, to be yeah. like, do you remember playing that? Cause that still is in, in such an insane, iconic beat, you know, mass appeal. I mean, Thank I, you. I imagine that, you know, after that came out, everybody was like, what the fuck, man, give me a beat. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and I've told the story about how we, we made that uh, to make fun of radio. Really? Because of the whole, the whole little tinky little, we call them Tinkerbell beats, and uh, <clears throat> just that, it sounded like elevator music, you know. <laughs> now you're sitting there just waiting for it to get to your floor and looking at the number thing, mm-hmm. count up and down, and uh, that's what it, that's what it remind me of as far as the concept. Because with Gangstar, we write the whole album out and stick it on the wall. So he writes every title, uh-huh. sticks it on the wall. And then I just randomly go, I'm going to work on that one today. Uh, I'm going to work on this one today. It's not in, in any order. It's just the entire so album written out. It'll say Mass Appeal on the wall? Yeah. And then it'll say our first single. So I'm so I, the singles I do last because I want the single to be fresh when we're turning the album in. Right. See, here's our first single. Just made it last night. This is what we're going with. And the label never gave us a problem with, us saying these are our three singles because our deals were usually three singles, you know, three videos, three singles, you know, and then move and then concert, uh, uh, tour support for, for a tour, and then you start another album. That was kind of like the ro- the rotation for the first three. <clears throat> um, actually, the 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 second, third, and fourth because no more Mr. Nice Guy. We call that our resume because I was still just learning how to perfect beats. So we actually were doing it together. Me, uh, our engineer, Shlomo, and uh, Guru. So the three of us were all meshing the drum machine. Step in the arenas when I, I was like, I, let me take over and really learn how to master making beats. DJ and I got down. Let me master beats. And I, I think I got better by daily operation. But that was our routine of, of how we... Uh, would you know circulate the money every every album Mm -hmm. and you know so uh with that said uh with mass appeal that was when the music was starting to get a little more watered down with hip-hop and we felt like man it can't go we can't lose the integrity of the sound yeah so he would like i said he always writes the album out and has a little description 
you know, uh, what you want this time about a, an annoying chick. And he'll just, and so that lets me know, make the track match the, the, that concept. And that that's concept, how we've always done every album. Do you have like great memories though of his reaction to something that you're playing for him the first oh, yeah. time? Tell me one. <laughs> do you remember one that like you oh, um, check this out, you just press play on this? You know my steez. You know, ah. Oh. Because that was our first single for the moment of truth. And, and your first single is everything. Um, we always like to make sure the core audience that grew up with us and support us from day one get their record. Even if we do a royalty with Casey and JoJo or yeah. we do Love Sick or we do X-Girl to Next Girl, we make sure the first record is for the streets. Mm-hmm. And that one was just so unique uh, and purposely done. And next thing you know, um, that record did so good for us, man. And I just, I knew he would flip out with the, with, with the reaction. And not only that, he's a fan of all the other people from a Nas to a Jay to a yeah. big, to a Rakim or a Kane or, 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 um, you know, anybody I would produce outside KRS. And, uh, even when I do beats for them, I'm still going to make sure we get hot beats too, because for one, I'm going to be on the cover with you. I'm doing yeah. the interviews with you magazines everything with you so we gotta have heat as well so i never would like give them give him less flavor stuff sure. than i gave other artists it's always 100 percent love with every artist including the the you know gangstar so yeah you know my steve's also iconic incredible um do you ever wait is there do you, is was there ever a phone call for guru to you like you gave that to him never never Never, never. People spread rumors about it, like, yeah. oh yeah, and you were giving hot stuff to other artists, and but it, yeah, it, it that's not that's not even how I get down. There was a you know? there's a thing about like your <clears throat> pr- production style where I mean I think the best way like I feel like there's a I can listen to I got to the point where I feel like I could identify that you had made a beat, but it doesn't sound like another one of your beats, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I could go mm-hmm. like Primo made this, but it doesn't, it's not like it sounds like this other song. Absolutely. Which I don't, like, yeah. it's such a unique, you know, thing as an artist to be like, I, yeah. I feel that that's who, who made this, but it's not reminiscent of another song. Yeah. I, I call those my left field beats. Mm-hmm. You know, I just did one for Conway, the machine shot to shot them. Yo, Benny, Hold your head and uh, get get well. Uh, and shout the West Side Gun, um, the whole Griselda uh, BSF, and they're, they're so dope. Man. The whole Buffalo scene is now a sound, another a new additional sound to New York. And uh, um, the one on Conway's new album, From King to a God, the, the song, the last song on the album, uh, which another, I hate doing all these shout outs for the for, I, the shout outs for the right reason, but just a sad reason oh. uh, dj shay who's there big guy uh, 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 that that kept the buffalo scene pop and he just passed um, uh right before uh conway's album dropped and uh the song is called nothing less and the emotion of it is just so dope for me as a fan of of him and 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 he even said you know it ain't got to be the hardcore hoodie stuff this time because we've done that before he's like yo the left field shit you do is dope too and, and and it's real mellow but it's just funky i love this the vibe of the beat and he sprayed it especially after shade pass because he I, I hit him like after the funeral was like yo if you don't want to do it you know go ahead and turn your album and he's like hell no i that since he passed i i got i'm even going deeper on it he said i'm gonna be sent to you in the next couple of days damn and then he sent it yeah 
Yeah, I um I was thinking that the first time that I heard something where I was a, I think I was a sophomore in high school where I heard MCs act like they don't know and like Oof. and my head turned and I was like that sounds, <laughs> like in my head I go like that sounds like uh like premiere, you know? Like I, I and I didn't I just didn't know at the time, you know? I just someone has to like yeah. tell you because I wasn't like searching online or something. I just I heard that and I was like it sounds like his kind of beat. And I didn't even I didn't have the concept that like a producer works with all these different artists and it started to like make sense to me. And I was like, oh, shit, because that mm -hmm. that song's also, you know, that's an iconic record for sure. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. The fact that me and Chris had already worked together on the return of the boom bap heavily, uh, me, him, Showbiz and Kid Capri and KRS did some of the beats as well. He makes dope beats. He did Madism for for fucking uh, Channel I. That's one of the yeah. favorite records. And uh so he was just like, let's get back and do some more. And he said, I need, I need that first jump off record. And I was that's like, gotcha. it, man. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, whatever now, what, 25 years later, that shit's still, yeah, man. That's amazing. Yeah, actually, you know, my Steve is 23 years old Wait. as of uh, yeah. yesterday. Yeah. You post, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Um, mm -hmm. Do you ever have a, I mean, cause you, you know, you make so many beats and work with so. do you ever have a, a record where you're like, you know, it's cool. We did it. We're done. And it surprises you that it became a huge hit. Like you're, you weren't expecting it to take off. Yeah. Uh, Dwick, we knew was going to take off, but it exploded. Right. Yeah, take off and then explosions are different things. Cause yeah. explosion is just kaboom and then everything disintegrates. But that was, that was one disintegration that, that we were so, I mean, it did so much for us, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. To collab, to collab with nice and smooth who, not for one of great performers they, they you know greg nice does predominantly all the beats on on all their albums and and he has a dope style that that matches the group same thing yeah. with mop yeah and little fame does a lot of the beats for mop and because he you know he knows how to make it make it work for them you know besides dr period who's who originated the, the mop sound Nice too. Also, such a unique guy on the mic. I mean, that's his own style completely. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What about the opposite of that? Did you ever have a record where you're like, "This is gonna blow up, man," and you were surprised that it didn't commercially succeed? Mm, I never really think in that fashion. Like, yeah, this is gonna be hot. Yeah. I mean, this is gonna be big. We just let it ride, and if it if it blows a blow and and goes there, cool. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But because we we knew we had enough fan base to where our and our tours have always done good for us. So the fact that our tours made so much did, did not did money and success, and even everybody we took with us, we 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 understood that um, we have so much involved with with uh, staying consistent. Uh, EPMD was one of the artists that that made us that the first one to ever take us on tour. First of all, is that my phone clicking like that? Um, get out the way. Um, yeah, EPMD was the first artist to take us on tour. Uh, uh, with Redman and Dos Effects. Yeah. Uh, Father MC and Did you uh, dig like Sermon's beats? Where you in? He was like super funky too. Oh yeah. Still, yeah. EPMD man, that they they're they're an original. The yeah. name and the music matched them. I always like the music to match the way you look. When you're Eric B and Rakim and you, and you see what they look like yeah. with the music, they match. Yeah. You know, I think me and Guru match our songs, you know, but Mob Deep match their songs, you know. So 
that's important. You know, Van Halen <laughs> look like the way their songs sound. Exactly. You know, David, David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar, you know, so. I want to ask you something about beat making because I've actually, you know, I've okay. never seen it done. Do you have, like, I was thinking about, uh, like, uh, Manifest, right? You got that loop. There's the Miles Davis, Charlie Parker, right? A Night in Tunisia. Mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. the song starts. And that's that's that loop that's that's used in Manifest. In your head, like, I'm just trying to get into, like, how you actually come up with this shit. What the fuck is going on in this guy's head? Uh, <laughs> is that something that you remember a song uh, from way back and you, you know, you, you either have that isolated or you wrote it down or is it that you're just listening to records and you hear it and you just stop in that moment? You're like, what about this? Or is it both? It's, it's both. Yeah. Sometimes I hear, Oh, I know what I can do. Or I, I know something that that's equivalent to what I'm looking for sound wise. And then the other one is like what we call digging, you know, yeah. it's just great digging for records. Through, yeah. And yeah, and just searching and searching. It could take twenty records just to find that sound to go with what's in your head. But it's in my head first. It is in your head and, first. Mm-hmm. And in in that case, in that case specifically, like with manifest, is that like a song you you did here? Is it like was it in your memory bank as as like a kid, or was it no no? The only thing that was in my head was to take heed to the words that I manifest from from Big Daddy Kane from the word to the mother because uh-huh. we were already playing that record in our parties. So I'm very good. I'm I'm a very good Rolodex of remembering lines from records because DJs, especially battle DJs, they look for lines to be able to scratch in a battle. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I'll do the such and such and such and such and do this and such and such and such. And Guru writes a lot of battle lyrics, you know, like, you know, I'm a dope MC, you know, can't rap like me. And those lines work in a battle. So I have that same ear. I'm just not a battle DJ. I'm better at just scratching and cutting you know, with a certain precision that that um, that Molly Maul influenced me to, you know, want to be as sharp with the way and and what was chosen to cut, you know, so. That's incredible. Um, I got to ask you this because I, I remember this story coming out and I don't even feel like it's fully appreciated. I don't think people fully appreciate what you did with one of the best yet, with the, you know, the most recent gangstar album meaning right. like like I, the way that i understood this is that you know you wanted to do an album obviously guru has passed and you hear about the fact that there are all these vocals that you haven't heard yet right that yeah, are, my, my man my manager ian uh i told ian <laughs> because i just know the guy uh, that had them. Um, I I just knew based off of how everything ended, and I, I used to want I, I used to want to be a detective uh, before I got into music. So I still have that, that mentality where I'm always going. I bet you, yeah. so, you know, like that's still how I am on it. Just everything, even just what's going on in the world today and everything. I, I'm always like, I bet if such and such 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 that will happen to this, you know. Yeah. So I'm still that way. Same thing with this guy. I was like, yo, man. Uh, I know he's sitting on something. I know he is. And that was almost nine years later. Uh, and then did it, you get word that he was sitting on something or did somebody go ask? My manager is, is on point. Shout out to Ian. Uh, he, you know, he reached out to the right people and said, you know, what if certain things could be handled, you know, business wise 
to get our hands on what you might possibly have, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, well, how much for the might possibly, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it just went back and forth. And plus I have, I'm like, I'm not, I'm willing to go this far, not this far. If it can't, it goes beyond what I, my numbers, forget it. Yeah. We, our history's, our history's made. I'm good. You know, but but I knew it'd be great for the fans, of course, and for Guru's family to get at least one more record out of him or a few more. You know, what I'm saying sure. based off of what, what he what he was sitting on. So then, and then uh, you go, you actually have to go verify that these aren't just like yeah. shit that's things you've heard before, and and you're like, oh, I, right. I got this. So then you go to like a listening session of of sorts to verify that oh, these are all lyrics that I've never heard that are recorded. Yeah, as and long then, as he's not there. Right, yeah, as long as he's not there, and then, yeah. then, dude's not there. But then, you agree you acquire these, right? Like you, you buy mm-hmm. buy them back essentially, and then now you're left with, you have the these lyrics, and you're creating songs, like you're creating records for for each. You have to make a beat, right? Like yeah, based on the match. lyrics there. Dude, it's like that, a remix. It's like a remix, but but because I got to listen to the beats that were on there, and there were records I never heard from. From uh, a couple of people came out the woodworks like that was my record and we have the original version and you know if they pr- proved us it properly all the way across the board legally we're like all right um but we'll we'll deal with, with that that business when we deal with it which is foul because that means they weren't something that they did together they were things that were that were taken when I, obviously when he wasn't uh, he had already passed you know yeah. what I'm saying we were. Yeah. Where when I started checking dates on the, you know, thank goodness with, with Pro Tools, if you don't alter the dates from when it's created, there's a date created and then there's a date modified. The date created were years before that guy existed. Sure. So I'm like, wait a minute. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is so, like after the album dropped. Right. <laughs> you know, so you're like, I'm like, your detective I'm line is coming yeah. alive again, figuring it out. It's like, it's like I, bought, I bought stolen goods. Man. You know what I'm saying? But fuck it. I got their, their mind now. Paperwork was airtight that, that they belong to me. And, and I said, let me just make it work. And, uh, you know, it was emotional, man. I had his ashes in the room and uh, thanks to his family to give me a little piece. You know, obviously more people have it, but they gave me a little piece that I'm going to give to also to Big Suge because they started Gangstar before me. Um, so I'm going give him, to give him some. And uh, other than that, I just messed around and messed around until I could get it going. And uh, the first one I did was uh, bad. It was actually the last song on the album. Uh, what's the last song on the album? Uh, uh, well, man, I have it right I, here. Let me let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, bless the mic, bless the mic. Okay, bless the mic. That's the first one I did. And I was like, wow, man, it feels good just to hear him rhyming to my music again. It sounds like Gangstar, the traditional sound that we have together. And then next thing you know, <clears throat> I did um, a bad name, and I was like, "That's the like a steez, yes, you know, mass appeal jump off." And then my manager was like, "Yo, I mean, you should get Jake Cole to get on a record." And I and uh, family and loyalty beat I made, and he was like, "You should get him on that." And you know, and I, I was like, "I don't know if Cole's gonna hop on it or not." And I reached out to him, and he immediately was like, "Bro, this shit got me." Fucking bugging! I'm on it. I got you. And Man. he sent back some of the dopest lyrics ever uh, on a Gangstar record. I mean, you, the the album was a gift to your to your fans, man. It was a it yeah. was definitely, you know, mm-hmm. it was it was a gift, man. Hundred um, percent. 
Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. They get a beautiful gift and you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The only tricky part, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. This is what I recommend for any jewelry purchase. Source it from BlueNile.com. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds and fine jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer peace of mind with every purchase with some of the highest quality standards in the industry. They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions and give recommendations for every budget. I know it can be overwhelming. I've been in that position. And what you want when you're getting into something like jewelry is an expert to help guide you along the way. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. And just in case you're not satisfied, there's 30-day returns. Shop Blue Nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler. Go to BlueNile.com today. That's BlueNile.com. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. More like, wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. We use Mint Mobile at the office, and we have been saving so much money since switching over. And setting up a Mint Mobile's website was super easy. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash mom. That's mintmobile.com slash mom. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash mom. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. What about, tell me about making Hitman. I love that one. Yeah, that's, that's my shit. Oh, that's the shit, man. I've walked out on stage because, you know, when you go to venues, they go, what do you want to walk out to? And I, I've come out to Hitman because it just Woo! puts me in like, I mean, it puts me in a mood, you know? I love seeing you wear my merch, man. Uh, yeah, I, I like, love it, man. I mean, p- coming out, coming out to <laughs> like your your musical choice, even that walk from backstage to the mic, and you're about right. to do comedy. It just, even if it's like twenty seconds, it puts you in a headspace. Yeah, yeah, I like nah, that. Man, I, I like love that. Hit, Feel man. good. Yeah, I, immediately after I heard the vocals uh, over my beat, I was like, "That's got to be Q-Tip doing uh, the the he playing the hitman." And, and being the one that's going to do the job because Guru described it well. And Q-Tip had just got through having throat surgery. So he was like, man, my voice is really scratchy right now. His hook is could, dope on that, man. Yeah. He said, I could do it, but it might not sound right. You tell me. And if not, don't use it. And I was like, just, just send it to me. He went right in and did it. He sent me a video of him, of him doing it in his studio and then at the end of it, he goes, how, how was that? And that's how the the, the, the uh, video ends. I, oh, yeah. I have not deleted it. Oh, and nice. I called him right back and I said, motherfucker, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I was so happy, man. I was like, that's got to be the third song, yeah. the second song after the intro. Like, I know how to sequence albums. That's my thing. That shit hit, um, hits so hard, man. I mean, I love sequencing. Yeah. 
And then, yeah. by the way, you just did like the, I think the intro for Joe Budden's thing. Uh, his, didn't you? Get yeah, me? for the podcast. Shout oh, out to Joe. We have the same man. We have the same management. So that's just, um, I was like, God damn, that's a, yeah, that's a way to open a podcast, man. That's dope. yeah, man. It, uh, Joey, like I said, I've known Joey for a long time, but since we have the same management, we're we always did together a lot and see each other. So <clears throat> when he asked me to do it, I was honored. Like, yeah, cool. Man. I might I might ask you the same thing. <laughs> let's talk about it. All right, let's shit. talk about I mean, it, man. I mean, I got a number, and if it goes above my number, I'm just I'm cool. So uh, and, and you know, and I got to say, man, I heard when you mentioned the album. Who were you doing the interview with? And you said you're a gangstar's album, and the fact that you discussed discussed how what I had to go through to do it. And I think I texted you that day, like, "Yo, man, I heard what you said about you know what I, you could imagine what I had to go through to get this album to sound like that, man." And, Primo, uh, that's like it's a it's a remarkable feat. Like, if even you know as gifted as you are, and you you have all the accolades and everybody, like the fact that you that that's the story of that that album. I mean, I think it's one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard of putting together an album i mean you took your you know your your partner's lyrics who passed away and you had to yeah. acquire i mean the whole process it's like it's a real story man it's a real yeah, it's an amazing yeah. there should be a documentary about that album we're, we're, we're working on uh just a documentary anyway of our career because thank goodness we have that many tapes of, of our old footage and uh we've been digitizing them shout to keebler he's been digitizing them in the next room and uh, and and everything's getting you know to where we, we can pull and uh, our interview lineup is amazing from you know so many people that have done the interview already and it's it's gonna be be dope once we finish it all I up. I cannot wait. Are you? Do you? I don't know if this is cheesy, but do you have a favorite gangstar? The biggest question ever. I know. I mean, you know, I just and I know that like people ask me in in a different way. Obviously, they'll ask you about like jokes and like you and you're like I don't know, mm. man. You know, but. I feel like with music, it it's there's different. Like for the people that make it, you might have like you know different feelings about you. Like it's not just the final product, you know. It's sometimes it's mm -hmm. like you remember what it was to make a song or something. Uh, uh, do, yeah. Do Do you have one or no? Um, you know, like if I had to pick a couple, definitely like you know my steez, uh above the clouds. I love Robin Hood Theory. Yeah. Um. Uh. I like Next Time. Because I had just lost my accountant, but she was like a mom to me. So, uh, uh, rest in peace to Mary. Uh, I even got a tat on my arm of her. So, you wow. know, I must have been uh, de definitely missing her. And then, uh, uh, so next time was done the day she died. And I'm I'm just in a sad mood. And Guru's like, yo, just do one more song. And I'm like, man, I'm so stressed out that she passed. He goes, then do it in memory of her. And just whatever comes to mind, do it. And so next time, the, the sample has almost a funeral yeah. uh, sounding horn and then guru bodied the lyrics. Yeah. So, so for you, like you hear that and that memory comes to you every time you hear that. Song. Every yeah. time. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Damn. Just to get a rep too. That was uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. I, man, I, you know, what's funny. I remember cause CDs used to be big and they would come out on Tuesdays. Right. Yep. And full clip came out in '99. Is that right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a junior in college, and I went Tuesday morning to the CD store, and I picked up full clip, and then I put it on, and I shit my pants, and then, 
So I had my two friends, Casey and Justin. We were roommates, and we loved hip-hop, and we loved Gangstar. And I remember hit, like Case getting in the car, and I was like, I was like, fucking put your seatbelt on. You're going you're gonna <laughs> to bash your head against the window when you hear this. I just, you know, the, you just have those memories. Well, of, no doubt. You know, it's like, it's one of the, if you're extraordinary things about being alive, there's so many great things about being alive. And one of them is if you have the good fortune to have the ability to hear, you get to experience music and you hope mm -hmm. that you can have music that really moves you in some way that you connect with. And, you know, and for, for different people, it's different things, you know, like my wife, like, you know, for her, it's like punk stuff that she grew up with or like, she loves Joy Division and uh, Bauhaus. Me too. I yeah. love Joy. Yeah, I, I, Bella Lugosi's dead, and um, you know, Love Will Tears Apart, all that shit. Yeah, because that's my era too. Because that's how I graduated high school in '84, so that's really part of our sound of not not gangster, but just my upbringing. Early U2, like October, and yeah, the Boy album. But for I was me, going to those concerts, the Smiths, the Smiths. She's a big Smiths fan too. For me, me too. though that experience is like most enhanced by like what you've done. So your music to me has been like just an absolute, you know, it's like one of the joys of my life is listening to. Appreciate it, man. Music, Thank man. you so much. Can and, I ask you? That, that's why. I, can I ask you one more that's thing? That's why I still do it. Anything. Yeah. So great. I, I, um, do another hour if you want to do another I'm hour. fucking so happy to hear that. Um, <laughs> so one thing I also remember, cause you, you know, there'd be surprises if you're not like, Sometimes you just hear hear something and you're like, oh my God, what is this, right? So picking up uh, Tony Touch, the peacemaker, right? Mm -hmm. Shout out to Toka. Shout out Tony Toka. Uh, how does like, how does an album that like, so Tony as a DJ, you know, huge, came up huge making like mixtapes and everything in New York, right? And then mm -hmm. when he goes, I'm, I'm going to make an album, does he like, how do those albums come together? Does he call you and go, I'm, I have an album coming out. I want you guys to just do a record on it. Yeah. Because we all uh, in New York, everybody knows everybody. I mean, it's really like that. Like I say, even with Jay-Z and all them before they got to where they are now, we all saw each other on a regular, you know, it wasn't like, Ooh, there goes Jay. Ooh, there goes Biggie. It yeah. was just like, Oh, yeah. it's just like, what up, what up motherfucker? Yeah. You know, yeah. like that was standard. That was regular. We were all in the same spots like that much because there were so many different things in New York hip hop wise that was damn near every day of the week. Yeah. You know, the, you know, like the tunnel and all that's on the weekends on Sundays or whatever. But there's always something else going on. I mean, that's why I like on uh, So Ghetto uh, where Jay-Z says, you know, this day I'm, I'm at uh, um, Cheetah Club, this day at life, you know, this day I'm at this place because that's really how it is. You know, yeah, and and you know, Tupac, all of us were, were running around together. You know, we'd be with like like the Tupac stories you hear, and certain of them were like, eh, that didn't happen because we were really, really with him. You know, we 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 know his, we know Mo Preen, we know the Outlaws, and everybody. You know, way before all the drama and all that stuff, we we all hung with each other. You really did. So that was see those pictures, my Guru, of him. They, they got like three pictures together. Yeah. So when but but when when Tony calls you though, it really is like that casual. Hey man, will you guys do a record for me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we Tony just the, the regular guy that we see at everything, and he's DJing a lot of the gigs, you know. Right. So um, it, there's just so many, you know, even hole in the wall spots where 
the 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 same fans and the same people, the, the same music that you love from us to Tribe Called Quest and on and on to Latifa. Latifa, she's in all the spots back then. You know what I'm saying? Because she was still on the come up. She wasn't uh right. Nats are fucking in here. But uh, <laughs> yeah. uh I lost but, my uh, mind. Yeah. I lost my mind hearing uh the uh the peacemaker. Like when I heard that, I was like, what the fuck is this, man? Yeah, I mean, that was easy. That oh, was easy. Jesus. Just just to leave Tony's like I just need a theme song uh, with you and Guru. So since we knew each other, it was real. that's why it's, it's stabs again. Bloom, bloom, yeah. bloom, 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 simple little Well, it's official. Bloom. I love stabs. <laughs> New shirt. So do I. So <laughs> most simple music does outsell more the more complex stuff. When yeah. it's simple. Yeah. It, 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 it resonates a lot, a lot more. Really? In most cases, yeah. At least you, for me. I know you've been asked this a million times too, but I'm going to ask it a million and one. Um, cool. Is there any artist that you haven't worked with that you want to work with? Yeah, DMX. I've always wanted to work with DMX. I've been pushing to get that to happen now. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's. I'm always leaning on Swizz. I'm always leaning on... Whoever uh, he deals with in, in, in his camp that that's uh, that's in charge of of, of his being his point person. Now lean listen. Swiss again, yo Swiss. Hey, you know. Listen, the world needs Swizzy. DMX. <laughs> please listen to us. Oh my god, man! Call Primo back and send some fucking lyrics. Come on X. Come on, man. Dog man X. Man. Ah, Let's ah. Get it. I mean, you, why don't you just start sending him a sample of just different dogs barking and see if that gets him going? You know. <laughs> That's a good idea, man. Shit, I'll make sure you get get writer's credit. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I always make sure everybody that deserves their credit gets it and their share of the, of the money, you know, if, if they deserve it, absolutely. That's and then, deserved. you know what you could do is you send him like a like a shih tzu, and then you're like, you didn't like that shit? And then you send him like a German shepherd. You just kept, send him different dog barks, you know? Yeah. He's going to know what the... What, uh, that's a little shit to like, fucking Are you... Are you a fan? Are you a fan, like a genuine fan of any, you know, newer artist today? Like a anybody coming up that you're like that? That just that sure. I like Roddy Rich. Um, you know, that's the newer sound of stuff. I love Roddy Rich. Um, who else do I like? Uh, um. I love Travis Scott's work, which I've mm-hmm. told this. Uh, several times that his father taught me how to play drums and his uncle Travis taught me how to play bass. So, what? Uh, yeah. And his, and his grandmother was my English teacher. So I always all Travis out. Scott's family. Yeah. Except for his, his, his uh, aunt uh, Sonora, who's the younger uh, uh, sibling of the, of the uh, Ms. Webster and uh, Mr. Webster had three children, uh, Travis, Jack and Sonora. Uh, we call Sonora VB. What up V? Every time I do this, somebody says, Chris, because they call me Chris. Chris was talking about you on, on this. Chris was talking about you on that. So shout to Vivi. But uh, she's the only one that really didn't mess with the music like that. Uh, but her bro- uh, her brother, Travis, and uh, and Travis Scott's real name is Jack Webster, like his dad. Mm-hmm. So he's junior. He's junior. And, uh, you know, I- I'm happy for his success. I've been trying to get at him, too, uh, about on some, some sides, some things. And uh, I still haven't made it happen yet. So I'm going to just. I'll catch him, uh, catch yeah. him around Christmas. Well, well, we need that to happen too. Man. <laughs> we, we need that to happen. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, I, love, I like Roddy Rich. I like what he does. Um, I love uh, the baby. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love what he's doing. 
Um, you know, uh, I, I, I like Cardi. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, of course. Yeah, I like Cardi, man. Let me. Um, when did you like? I know you realized that you're there's there's first realizing like you made the right choice, right? Like when you're making music, hey, we made it. You know, we made it. Like as in, it's playing on the radio. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like everything is completely other level with Nas is like? Because that is one of the albums or the records that I I hear, and I'm like this. I just remember how big that that was, right. you know, that it, it would just be like an even bigger ascent within the world of hip hop. Like you made this, this is insane. Yeah. I mean, it's with Nas is always fun because you know what you're going to get once you give him the beat, you know what I'm saying? And, and saying, you know, being that I've been there from the beginning of his career from, uh, being with, with main source all the way into doing his Illmatic. I, I sequenced and uh, mastered the Illmatic album for him. Um, nice. You know, uh, I, I actually was on, I met AZ the last day of all recording, coming to pick up the masters. And he was like, yo, I got one more song that I'm adding to the album. I need, yeah, I want you come pick it up. And, and I want you to hear this. It's called Life's a Bitch. This guy can rap. His name is AZ. And, and, uh, it, and, and his father was there too, uh, Olu was there and he said my dad's gonna play horn on the song and i right. met both of them and then uh, i waited for him to finish running the, the master took that with me and he said just make sure you know he created the intro the genesis he did that uh Nas did that himself uh -huh. and i said he said make sure that's first everything else put in whatever order you want and then do you remember getting a call like when he heard it or do you do you play well, he, in front he of came him? to master he, he came, came to master yeah yeah so he was at the master session uh, but he trusted me to put in the sequence and uh, shout to Tony Darcy, one of the dope, the best mastering engineers in ever. I've never seen, I had other mastering engineers, but he was the first one I would see dance while he's turning knobs. He's going, mm -hmm. oh, this sounds like a single. <laughs> yeah. This, oh man, is it, did they dropping this first? Like he's doing all that shit while, while he's blasting the music, turning knobs. You know what I'm saying? He's like that now. I realized that like, just even talking, like what I want, all producers to do now is just have cameras mounted everywhere so that I can see everybody's <laughs> face when they first hear the beats. <laughs> I could get lost oh, yeah. in a YouTube wormhole of seeing people <laughs> hear shit for the first time because I just remember every one of these. I'm just going through. Like I love that uh, that I've committed murder remix you did the Macy. The Macy oh wow, girl. with Macy and oh, most man, and most death. like that shit is so amazing. I remember the first time I heard that because I had picked up. That's on like Lyricist Lounge Volume Two, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, you know your shit. And I remember that I picked it up, just going like, "Well, I'm just picking it up." I didn't, I didn't, you know. That that's when you would just go like, you look at names and you're like, "This got to be at least something's good on here." And just hearing that and being yeah. like, "What the fuck? This is yeah. that's an amazing remix, man." Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, the Lyricist Lounge was a real popping thing in New York. I mean, a lot of artists got broken through through that that channel, and uh, you know that was a uh, a, a, another good platform back in those days, and, and they put a lot of MCs on. Yeah, and, and I I also remember I picked up um, when you did the Bumpy Knuckles the Studio Time one. It was like oh, yeah, only a EP, few tracks, yeah. right? Yeah. What was it? Uh, the collection was the, the was the uh, Studio Time is the EP. It is the EP. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, we had and all that was was just uh, that in collection. It was just beats that we. Um, uh, that were 
turned turned down by who other artists and he was like yo give them to me and <clears throat> we'll make a collection of songs and i'll write rhymes to those beats and uh we're actually about to re-release it because it was part of another uh distributed at the time and now we own it oh so i'm going to re re-upload that oh dope uh, and and we we have five new songs that we're going to add to it that then you never heard so you know to give it a, a nice uh, extra uh, plus for the people that be, that supported it nice and the ones that I didn't even know yeah so oh good to bumpy knucks shout out to bumpy knuckle and um yeah and also i was not into like as a as a band i never listened to Limp Biscuit until you made a beat for them until like wow, that yeah. end together now. Me like, neither. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just remember you that know. like they're just like I can vaguely remember it's like, hey, you know, Limp Biscuit's got a song with Method Man. I'm like, what? And then hearing that and I was like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, they didn't make yeah. it. That's why it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's that's what enticed <laughs> me to do it was uh, my, my former manager at the time was uh, was like, yo, man, you do this record, it, you know, they, they, they were even offering me uh, a, a nice sum of money and I was still saying, no, I, I, I'm not feeling it. And he goes, Method Man's on it. I go, oh, really? Shock okay. <laughs> So, So once he told me Method Man was on, I said, well, let me hear it because it was already done. So that, 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 bling, yeah. Bling, yep. Bling, that was already there because of Lethal. Okay. Yeah, shout out to my dude Lethal. That's my guy who used to DJ for House of Pain and then he was in Limp Biscuit. So me and Lethal go way back. Lethal sent that version with the lyrics and everything to that. But it was different drum programming. It didn't have the bass line and all that in there. So I said, the only thing I can see myself doing is I, I would need to re-record Fred's vocal to get it better locked into my style of, of, of how I do things. And all it needs is a dope bass line and my drum bounce. And let me put my drums on it. So I just took his sample uh, and and reworked it to bounce to my drums and sent it right back to him. And they were like, this is it. And and Fred came to, to D&D Studios to uh, to actually recut the vocal with me. And so in, in when he comes in, do you you then direct him like you need I want you to do it like this? Mm-hmm. And how did he yeah. take took, took direction? Well. Oh, absolutely. He was yeah. super cool. Yeah. And then they, even after it blew up, actually the plaque is sitting right there, six million sold. Um, Damn. Looking at looking at it right now. Uh, six million sold? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Got six million platinum uh, six six yes, yeah, six times platinum album right here. What, what year was that? I'm trying to do you remember when it came out? It had to be around ninety eight as well. It was? Yeah. It had to be. It had to be. Um, yeah. What was that? Uh that was that was um it has to be. And then uh, what it was is uh, we shot the video and then that took off. And then right after we uh, um, right after we uh, did the record and the video took off, he had me do the 25th anniversary of MTV and we performed with him on that. And then the best part, Fred hired me to DJ the Playboy Mansion pajama party. Oh, shit. You're like, and that's when I saved his number. <laughs> it was already saved, but 1999, uh, significant other dropped June 22nd, 1999. So around full clip time, around full clip time. But yeah, man, uh, that was an experience being in the Playboy Mansion. All the oh. bunny rabbits running around, and all the play, you know, the Playboy bunnies. And, and you're DJing and, uh, that party. 
he did me and dj am uh, god bless him uh, am was my god too and uh i met him when he was 14 him and alchemist were a group were uh on tour with cypress hill and uh house of pain and we all smoked the blunt together and next thing you know we became the best of friends so this is what uh, i want to do i want to have a post-covid party when they finally go it's over and you dj it and we just throw a bash it. now i got a number and i can't yeah, go above it, it. <laughs> but i want to do it um, we're negotiable we're very negotiable that's what so i'm talking about um what's the other one? Oh, what one video i love that you did just because it, it you know it gives you the feeling that you're you're watching someone make the beat is on classic you know the better than i've ever been that's such a dope concept to see because you feel like you're in the moment in that video that's another remix <clears throat> did you that's not the original no that's, that's Rubin did the original. yeah and then you did the, yeah. the remix the one in the video is the remix yeah did you krs called come up with the idea to do that in the video though no krs called uh oh you're talking about the in the video to do the drum machine and yeah yeah so you got like you feel yeah, like you're like oh, i don't shit. like i don't like showing showing how i make beats like if you're right. with me like if you came to my lab i don't mind making cooking in front of you yeah but i don't like everybody seeing my methods and everything so uh when they were coming to film the video i was like man the best thing i can do since the beat is already done, I'll just tap the pads real quick and just do a little thing like I am working All right. on. Right, you don't want to give out the and recipe. No, I'm with you on that. I'm so with you on that. You'll see. Yeah, it's supposed to. You'll see. Yep, you hear that, guys? But in person, you're good. In person, yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you can anytime. That's what I want to see. That that that's a dream of mine to see that in person, man. Um, yeah. For, I want to give a shout out too because you you inspired me to do this. Shout out to uh, Spin Bad. Rest in peace. Yeah, pissed away recently, I have a, a very vivid memory. So I've been friends with Russell Peters for a long time. I used to open for him. He brought me to London, to London, England, to do uh, a bunch of shows in 2010. So 10 years wow. ago, it was October of 2010. So it just passed the 10-year anniversary. And I went there with uh, scratch, starting from scratch. Starting from scratch. Oh, yeah. Who is a fucking encyclopedia of music. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. guy knows everything. And Spin and Russ and his whole crew, and I, I still mm -hmm. remember vividly. Um, uh, one of Russ's security guys had a son who was like a teenage son, seven, right. like seventeen. Who, who, years. who pick? I think it was Pick's son. I think it was Pick's son. Okay, yeah, shout to Pick. Man. Yeah, shout to, yeah, shout to Eddie. And I remember <clears> us <throat> all being in one of the vans, and Pick's son had a Gangstar shirt on, and then I want to say. I want to say it was spin was like, what you know about Gangstar? And, <laughs> and then goes, he goes, they're dope. And he goes, okay, name three songs. And like they, they everybody just bullied his son. <laughs> right. Uh, because I mean, the poor kid was, like I said, probably like 17 yeah. or something. Yeah. And then, and then like we, uh, we just, we just mocked him because he was scared to, he didn't know oh, off the top of his head. And, um, I don't know. I just it's just one of those memories that I, that just you know didn't leave my mind because I just started listing songs and then we all yeah. just started to to mock him. It was just a fun memory. Um, yeah, Russell's one of the greatest comedians ever. Made he is, stage. and he's one of the greatest guys ever too, man. Yeah, um, yeah. But I've it was stayed at all the houses except for the new one. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of houses. <laughs> um, oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was also such a cool thing because Russ is such a a hip hop junkie that you know Big time. when he his ascent, you know, 
grew and he brought DJs on stage. And so for me, being like the opening act for him, I was it was such a cool peek into like what things can be. You know, I was like, What? Yeah. You can you can mm-hmm. do this? And he's like, Yeah, man. He goes, Bye. Yeah. And they're like they would have fun and like battle and do little scratch offs as people are being seated. And then I yeah. would get to pick songs. They go, What do you want to hear tonight? And I would, you know, oh. walk out to whatever I want to hear that night. And you know, it, it was like it was such a yeah. such a dope experience and and uh yeah, and Spin was such a good guy, man. So great guy, man. Just had had a, a troubled lane that he couldn't get out of near the end and you know, I've reached out to him many times, like, yo, dogs, get it together because we know we go that far back, you know, to yeah. the nineties. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, shout to A V and JS one and you know that Rock the Casbah uh mixtape is a ultra classic if you can ever find it. I'm sure you can find it on you know the YouTubes of the world and everything else. But uh yeah, man. Yeah, um, he gave me, man, he would give me these those little uh, you know, little jump drives like with mixes. Yeah. As soon as they saw that I really liked it, the him and Scratch would just get like send me shit. It was such a Mac great creative. Yeah, Mac, Mac creative and they and and they were just such well, they are, you know, great guys, but never forget that experience and um yeah, just rest in peace, you know, in peace, uh spin back Chris Sullivan. Dope dude. Yeah, hundred percent. Dope dude, 100%. man. Yeah, man. Um well look, man, I'm gonna let you go. I uh I absolutely cannot tell you how much I appreciate you doing this. It it really is a Thanks dream. for having and um yeah, hopefully uh we can meet up at some point, you know, next time when the disease leaves the air and we're allowed to actually yeah. move around i'll definitely be in yeah, we'll York. get over it man the strong yeah. survive and i'm sure you're part of that strong so yeah that's so all am i so we'll be all right our kids are good and that's it man and, uh, everything you know we're still uh this man that this older man that used to do security uh for the way i park my car he always goes any day above ground is another good day and i'm like goddamn right you're so, damn right dude oh by the way let me ask you this i know you're, you're a texas guy who lives in new york now many years are you a big sports guy? Yeah, I love sports. What's like your what? What are your teams? Since I'm from Texas and Houston is where where we well, I was born in Houston anyway. But uh, but uh, for me, it, it it's it's sad because the Houston Oilers was my childhood. Sure, they know. moved when they moved to Tennessee. They were the Tennessee Oilers briefly for a few months, and then I remember Bud Adams, who lived near our, our town. Where I grew up at, uh, you know, uh, okay, them to change the, the the mascot name, and I remember they made the announcement: it's going to be a new name. We're going to announce next Sunday or whatever, you know. And then yeah. they like, we will now be the Tennessee Titans, and we're like, what about the Oilers? You know, yeah. like, how do you strip that away? And I know when they do the throwback jersey uh, uh, games that they usually do, they didn't do it this season, but they wear the Oilers jerseys, but. I've been Houston everything from the Rockets to the Oilers to uh, baseball. I played baseball uh, in little league, you know, I played football for a little while and, and, uh, and uh, you know, you grow out of all of that when you start running the streets and doing stuff, but I've had my experience in sports and then I'm still a big fan. I got all the apps from NFL. Oh, you do. Okay. The ESPN apps and all that stuff. And then on top of that, I just shout to Jalen Rose, you know, who's a great analyst on everything with sports. So, you know, no matter what what it is. Yeah. So uh, my son plays baseball. Uh, he, he's in a travel league. He's nine, Damn. nine years old. So the travel league, you know, is really it, it, it's, it's serious business. Yeah, so it's not like a little, little league where they it's cute and they play for the summer. Their their coaches is on them like you 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 see bunt. We all post or yell it, and and it's so crazy when a kid's bunt they go bunt and you know like 
like together and run towards home plate, like yeah. to position themselves to make sure they can stop the run and get them out before he gets to, to get, gets the first. It's just a trip to see all of that, you know, after, my, you know, my childhood and things I, I did. And sure. we were coming up too in Texas since we were a small town. We had a thing called NYSP, the National Youth Sports Program. And everybody in our neighborhood, that was our summer doing sports, 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 sports every summer. So it, you grow with it, you know, but everything Houston for me, when I moved to New York, I started to support the Knicks and the Yankees and, and uh, but, but uh, not the Mets, but the Yankees, but, yeah. but I'm diehard Houston, everything, you know, so. Well, you might be so having I, one of your, your Houston guys come up to your area because all the rumors are swirling that Harden might leave the Rockets yeah, and he wants to go to today. the Nets. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that today. You know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn's pulling them in. I mean, with KD still there, and 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 getting a, a year off to not play to get his uh, his injury really on point because that's a that's a very sensitive injury yeah. that you could re-injure. So he was smart to sit the whole season out. Yeah, I think so know? too. It's got to be crazy because yeah. those like Harden, they were like, "We'll give you fifty million dollars a year," and he's like, "Nah." <laughs> Thinking about other Hard, teams. like what Harden? It's crazy because Harden is Houston to us. Yeah, you know he comes from OKC. He is Houston to us. You know, you know, you have the, just like Carmelo after playing with the Nuggets and 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 even OKC and, yeah. and Portland, he's still uh, a Nick to us. You know, right? Like he's, certain players will will get that stamp. Just, yeah, as forever. And uh, but um, the Texans is my team now. Mm-hmm. But but I you know I didn't grow up on an expansion team, so it's sure. a little weird. It is weird. But I, I get that now. Yeah, yeah, they're having a rough season, man. Yeah, my brother-in-law's brother played for the Packers back when Favre uh, played, and uh, oh, really? When they when they won a ring, yeah. So uh, salute to my 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 brother-in-law's brother. So what is a brother-in-law's brother? A brother-in-law's brother. Oh yeah, yeah he's my brother. My brother-in-law's brother. Yeah, that's what he is. Yes. So he's with the he's with the Forty ers now. He's a linebacker coach, so, but he played linebacker. Johnny Holland, he played for the Packers back when they won Super Bowl with a Favre, so he got a ring. Oh, nice, got yeah. a ring. You can't ask for more yeah. than that, man. That's dope. Yeah, and actually, when I was Kubiak there when he was there, but uh, he was with the Texans and uh, <clears throat> he was with the Lion, the Lions, <clears throat> and uh, he just moved around and around. But now he's with the 49ers. They even went to Super Bowl last year, and he was there. And my sister went. Uh, obviously, my sister's married to his brother, and they all got to go and and they go to Super Bowl last year, even though they lost. But uh, still, that's a, just to get there. Is, it's a huge thing. Like, it's a huge thing to get there. Who's your team? I mean, I have some sadness too, because uh, I was born in Cincinnati, <laughs> and when I left Cincinnati, we left when I in '88, and they went to the Super Bowl. That's that famous mm-hmm. uh, Super Bowl where um, Montana hit Taylor in the end zone on that right. oh, yeah. drive. So, and then the Cincinnati Bengals were like, we're going to be dog shit for 20 years. So it was just one of those things where like, you know, I get excited when they have a a decent season every now and then, but just as a franchise, they're fucking terrible. And then we, we moved a lot and my dad's a big college football fan. So as a kid, I was, so your quarterback, then would you having your, your quarterback from LSU there? I mean, uh, yeah, oh, Burroughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's dope. He's he's the real he talent, is. man. He's the real deal. Yeah, he is. But yeah, we my, we my, moved my around and we watched. I mean, college was like the big thing in my house. So when we ended up moving to Florida, I was already kind of an FSU fan. 
but it just mm-hmm. made it even i was became more of a fan and and that was like during the 90s so every year was like christmas you know they they just kicked right, the right. shit out of everybody and then now they are fucking terrible um which is it, it's wild <laughs> to see i mean sports especially like big time college ball it's cyclical you know They'll have like their up yeah. years and down years, but right now they're in a real, real drought, man. Yeah, yeah. especially when uh, oh man, what's his name there? Who just got thrown from team to team, and they start playing baseball. Um, uh, he's oh, you talking about now. Tebow? Yeah, Tim oh, Tebow. Yeah, he was at Florida though. He was at Florida. I'm talking. Oh, about- you said oh, you said FSU. Yeah, FSU. I'm thinking yeah, about yeah. the Gators. Yeah. Think about the Gators. My fault. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm seeing Gators, but yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, FSU. My bad. Yeah, so I was a big seminal yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, no, but. Tebow, it's funny. I re- I met Tebow in a restaurant out here, and uh, one of my friends was like, "Oh, he's a comedian," and he's like, "Oh, what kind of comedy do you do?" I go, "Shit, you wouldn't like." And he was like, <laughs> "Yeah, because he's on some Christian shit." Yeah, he's on some Christian shit, and that's what I said. I'm a to Christian him. too. I, I mean, yeah, I went, to, I went to I went to Catholic church, but I still talk filth. Yeah, dude, the same. I I'm I was raised very Catholic, and I'm absolutely disgusting what comes out of him. And that's what I told him, and he just laughed, and he was like, "No, no, no, I'd like it," and I was like, "No, you wouldn't." No, you wouldn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but he was a super nice guy, so I got to say that. He was yeah, but nice shot guy. to FSU, man. You yeah. know, uh, hopefully they'll get better. Hopefully they get better, man. Prayers up to FSU. Um, Prayers up. <laughs> yeah, man, this was a real pleasure, dude. I uh, I can't thank you, and uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime, man. Anytime, man. You got my number. All right. Take care, brother. Much love to you, Tom. All right. Salute. Thank you.